Welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast produced in collaboration between Egg Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network that explores the world of agriculture and rural life. I'm Adam Albrecht. Farmers and ranchers have many options when it comes to crop insurance. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time learning about one of those options. Rob Froning, VP Insurance and Customer Education at Egg Country Farm Credit Services, is here to discuss margin protection with us. Welcome to the program, Rob. Glad to be here, Adam. Thanks for having me. Now, before we dive into more detail, could you tell us what margin protection is more at a high level? Margin protection is a fairly new crop insurance program that came out, I believe it was in 2016 is when it started, uh, gaining a little more attraction based on the current set of the economy and volatility of our commodity markets, but also our inputs. Over the course of the last few years, based on what's going on globally, we've seen a lot of volatility increase in our inputs as well as the commodity, which ultimately could pinch the margins between what our farmers are able to produce and sell and what it costs them to raise those crops. This is an insurance policy that they put out there for you to insure that margin. Basically the difference from your revenue to your input costs at a high level um, county-based type policy. And is margin protection available for all crops? Margin protection in our area is primarily available for wheat, corn, and soybeans. It does vary by county across North Dakota, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. So you really do need to talk to your local insurance agent to see what's available for your area specifically. But generally speaking, those are the three crops that we see um, available in this area to insure wheat, corn, and soybeans. And input prices are, of course, a big factor, as you just mentioned, in margin protection. But what inputs are all taken into consideration for this type of policy? So each county is gonna be a little bit different as far as the uh, value of the inputs, but they do look at primarily the same components. Um, Looking at diesel fuel, interest rates, fertilizer, and then they do have some fixed costs in that calculation as well, but those are kind of the primary ones. Again, interest rates, diesel fuel, and fertilizer are are the big ones that they're looking at, they're measuring, and they look at those previous to planting their prior to planting the crop, uh, which would actually be right now we're setting those prices, and then also again in the spring, then they see what that price has changed and how much that's fluctuated and possibly pinched your margin based on increasing costs. So we, of course, have seen fuel prices really skyrocket over the course of the summer. Now they've come down a little bit. Uh, But, Rob, how does that play in? Because you just mentioned that they kind of look beforehand and they kind of look where we're at now Do people, if they take out a margin protection policy, do they need to keep track of all of their fuel costs in total? It's a great question. Again, the way this policy works is it's really based on a high level. So they don't look at the individual farm and what they pay for specific input costs and what they sell their commodities for. They look at kind of a national market. And what is that market here in August into September when we're locking in those costs today? And then what are those same national prices in April? So Farmers don't need to do anything extra. They don't need to track anything specific. It is really just a policy that you look at, where's the market sit today when I'm possibly, when I'm planning for next year's crop? What could be my potential margin based on what I could expect for revenue, what I could expect for cost? Come April, we're gonna look at those costs again. Did they go up or did they go down, which possibly could influence your margin? And then again, next fall at harvest, they look at what was your actual revenue when you harvested that crop 
And how does that impact your margin as well? So we're really tracking both sides of the equation, revenue and inputs at a national type level, basically like uh, at a Chicago Mercantile Exchange, what's being traded there in the futures. That's an example of where we may look to find these markets. And so it's different for every one. Obviously, inputs are traded differently than commodities, and the different commodities are traded at different exchanges. But that's where we, we go out and find those numbers. So nothing at the farm level has to be tracked. And even the yield we use is at the county level. So it's not an individual yield. It's not an individual expense or revenue. We do look at it at a county-based yield, kind of a national expected revenue and expense to figure out what did the margin do in these markets. So then if a payment is made, when does that actually happen? Or when would a farmer or rancher actually receive that payment? So there's a little bit of a delay in receiving this payment because they have to get the all of the county yield. So you can expect the payment in the summer following the year that you harvested it. So an example, had you had this policy in 2022, you wouldn't receive a payment more than likely till June of 23. The reason being they have to wait until we get the actual county yields, which is uh, reported by RMA at uh, in the, the May to June month time frame, and then they can calculate the indemnities and make those payments. Rob, are more area-based coverage plans being created now, or, or have they always been there and are just becoming more popular here today? You know, it really actually started with, uh, I believe it was 2014 Farm Bill, where they added the availability to subsidize area plans to a higher level than your individual policy. So we can go up to what, a 95% coverage level if it's an area-based plan. So your the answer to your question is, we are seeing more, yes. There is more area plans being out there because of the potential to have higher coverage and protect some of those shallower losses for our producers. Uh, unfortunately, it's not necessarily at the individual level, but at least we have some kind of protection that we can buy on an area level basis that gets us a higher protection and covers our producers who are willing to buy a policy like that, pay the premium. And if that uh, county or area has a slight shallow loss, could receive a payment. And, and so we're seeing more and more interest um, in this area, yes. Okay. And regarding the county level averages, how far back does the USDA really go with this information? For example, do they just look at really the last three or five or 10 year in, in terms of growing seasons and, and harvests and yields? So each year they basically reassess where the county yields have been and formulate a trend line. And so using that trend line is where they say, okay, what is our expected yield in 2023 um, based on where that trend line is at? And then in, you know, for the next year, for 2024, they'll reassess and that trend line may change a little bit based on actual history that we add with the 23 crop year. So they really reassess that every year going back a ways. I don't know for sure if it's the 10 or 20 year trend line. I believe it's more like the 10 years what they're looking at. And so who could really benefit from a policy like this? Well, I think this is a, this is a policy that is, you know, it's a high coverage level policy. And somebody who is concerned about those shallow losses and want to protect any uh, losses there that, that, that could impact their operations. So somebody willing to spend a premium and, and pay for a, a high level crop insurance policy, uh, as well as somebody who's maybe completely unprotected on the input side and on the revenue side, and they don't do a lot of forward hedging. But I think ultimately anybody can benefit from a policy that has a high coverage level. It's just, it is gonna cost some premium. 
to pay for that kind of a policy uh, were based on where the markets could go. The high volatility where we're at today is um, higher than it's ever been. We're at you know close to record highs on both the revenue side with the commodities as well as the input side. And who knows what's going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months that could influence that uh, based on what's going on globally. So really, it can protect anybody willing to buy the policy. Um, some maybe are more aggressive on hedging individually on their own farm, which is great. And if they're able to do that, they can kind of protect that own, their own margin if they go out there and, and make all those hedges. And again, we're, we're talking hedging fertilizer, all the different kinds of fertilizer, as well as diesel fuel, interest rates, um, and those types of inputs, that market is a little harder to go out and hedge on your own individually, but there's there's potential tools out there that you could do. This is a subsidized policy, so it is going to be a little bit cheaper if you buy the subsidized insurance policy as opposed to going and buying your own options within the market and paying the premium that, that those may cost you, um, as well as the, the detail and the complexity of those different markets are a little bit tougher as well for an individual to get into. And so, Rob, are there any deadlines to purchase a margin protection policy? Yeah, the deadline is September 30th, so it is fast approaching. We need to uh, make those decisions and get that policy in place fairly soon before September 30th for the next crop year. So September 30th, 2022, you need to decide if you want to buy this policy for the 2023 crop year. All right. And is there anything else listeners should know about margin protection? I think just explore it. There's It's, it's a very complex yet sort of straightforward policy. A um, lot of moving parts. You just kind of have to get in there and take a look at some of the numbers and see where it's been. Uh, 21, 22 are looking like years that this policy is going to probably pay out because of the volatility of the markets. And so we don't really know where 23 is going to be, but Sitting in the chair today, it looks like 23 is going to be just about as volatile. And volatility can be a good thing. Sometimes volatility means it goes in the direction that benefits you, and that's great. But volatility also means there's a lot of risk. And if there is a, a way to put some of that risk aside, this is an option for people to buy margin protection to help set aside some of that risk. You pay a premium for it, but set that uh, risk to the side and see what happens in the future. All right. And finally, if listeners are interested, they want more information about this type of policy, where can they go? Obviously, your local egg country office. We have insurance specialists there that you can contact and ask them what's available in your area. As I said, not all crops are in every county. So see what's available in your area. Um, if you don't currently work with egg country, obviously eggcountry.com, we have all of our branches listed there. Feel free to contact them and see what, what might be available in your area. All right, Rob. Well, thank you very much for spending a little time and talking margin protection with us here today. I appreciate it and hope you all have a great day. That is Rob Froning, VP Insurance and Customer Education at Egg Country. If you have any questions about a financial topic, we would love to hear from you. You can message Egg Country on Facebook, tweet at them on Twitter, or submit your questions using their website at eggcountry.com.